serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shock blew up. The game helped you overcome uh, your own family. Those fuckers. <laughs> All right. Hey, Caitlin. Hi, Chris. Hey. Uh, so it's the off season. What better time to do the news when there is no news in tennis, right? It's just weird stuff, uh, which is my favorite stuff. I feel like people listen to this podcast for the weird stuff. <laughs> for the weird stuff. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's our bread and butter. Uh, totally. Okay. Can I just tell you, I was on um, our friend Carl Bialik's podcast, Dirty Love, this week. Oh, wow. Cool. And he just released the episode today. And it was really thoughtful. I mean, just, you know, everybody, and I've been listening to the back catalog of, of episodes. He's got Louisa Thomas and um, Brianne from South Carolina who tweets at... Um, uh, Bree will see y'all in 20, 2018 uh, Saving Black Tennis uh, Creator <laughs> of the hashtag Like basically Carl has all the sort of Tennis luminaries of Twitter and beyond Myself included And it's so serious It's so thoughtful And it's so journalistically on point And it's just nice to not feel like We have to do that Because we don't <laughs> Right <laughs> Neither the capacity Nor the ambition to do that Alright some news News Hit News me. Biggest story I think Is that Gabrielle Sabatini Is selling her condo In Key Biscayne For 2.89 million Pretty good Five five bedrooms And 3.5 remodeled bathrooms That's a lot of bathrooms That's a lot of bathrooms Gabby Pretty amazing She does have beautiful hair I mean imagine Having the option to do your hair In 3.5 bathrooms I know she has gorgeous hair now uh, and memorable hair when she was on tour. Like, yeah, it's gotten better. It's it's aged well, like a fine one. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. She's 47, too. I was like, damn, 47? God, getting old. I was very, I was very, very surprised to learn that. Gabriella Sabatini has only aged uh, immaculately. And funny, uh, you should mention Key Biscayne. Since the last taping, I was there uh-huh. oh, playing wow. tennis at the Crandon tennis center which is up until literally the day i was there the site of the miami open oh wow and now it's been moved huh to where it has been moved i think to dolphins stadium so this beautiful wow. public park what was so cool about it is this is like this public park in the middle of key biscayne which is pretty awesome gabriella sabatini thinks so anyway yeah. um and now it moved to dolphin stadium and everyone's like what the what how is that gonna work and i would answer i don't know <laughs> um uh, Feels like one step away from basically losing this American tournament. Apparently, everyone hates playing it. Uh, the fans like it because it's intimate, but the players think all the facilities are kind of falling apart. And having now been there, I can confirm like the stadium's not in great shape, but the yeah. courts are awesome. Right. And I nearly pegged luminary of Univision, Jorge Ramos, nearly in the face. Did we talk about this? No. No, with like a stray shot. Well, he was standing about two inches from the net. Uh huh. <laughs> in, de- in your defense. In my defense, I mean, the man is 60. He is a silver fox. This guy is on the nightly Univision Uni Noticias. Uh-huh. He's like one of the most famous newscasters in the world. And I hit him nearly in the face. The, I would say it was like the, sort of the neck shoulder, but it was close uh-huh. uh, with a with a, with a a peg because he was, he was crowding the net. Right. So set the scene here. Why was he there two, <laughs> two feet from the net yes, of your court? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Very, very fair. I, I, uh, I kind of jumped into the meat of the story. I was at Univision for a day um, talking to them about podcasting, and my friend Borja Echevarria, who's the news director, is a huge Racket Magazine fan, reached out to me um, and said, hey, come down to Miami, let's talk podcasts, let's talk Racket. Um, A bunch of us are huge fans, us being like 
people at Univision are huge fans of tennis. We could get a game and then you can come and, you know, do some talks at Univision HQ, which is enormous. Also, it's like an enormous operation. Uh, so I did that. And, you know, the day that I went in and spoke to them, I started with this wonderful clay court tennis match with me uh, and Borja representing non-Mexico. Borja's from Spain. I am from Canada. Uh, versus two Mexican, now American citizens, but Jorge Ramos and another anchor. And we had a pretty contested doubles match. The two Mexican players were taunting Borja with calls for <laughs> Catalan independence. Wow. <laughs> At one point, you... they successfully uh, blocked all of our passing shots. And then they said, uh, nos cruciamos la muralla, which means we built the wall. <laughs> wow, these guys awesome. are great. It was great. <laughs> I mean, the quality of the tennis was pretty good, but the quality of the heckling was superb. <laughs> and wow. I got to play in the former side of the Miami Open. So it was real. It was a real big time for wow. me. But I nearly ruined it all by pegging Jorge Ramos nearly in the face. Wow. But you, tr- you travel a lot. You, you have the traveling business life of someone without children. It's really impressive. Yeah. Talk to my wife about that. <laughs> talk, talk, <laughs> talk to my wife, please. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's why I was there for a day. Uh-huh. So. You know, I, ju- I tried to maximize my time uh, sure. so I wouldn't be away from the family. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did since the last time we taped a show. Did you uh, play well? Things. Like, like, were you nervous on the court? Uh, I, you know, it's always hard to find the right rhythm when you're playing folks who you both have to do professional dealings with uh-huh. um, and who are men because men tend to, like, want to really be competitive, but they also want to win. Right. And so you kind of have to win but make it close. Right. So we won 6-4, 6-4. You decided that like pegging a legend was like the way to go there. You know, I will once again tell you that he was crowding the net. I did not. <laughs> had that been a normal court position, it would have been his feet, which is an appropriate place to hit it. For sure. Uh, in, uh, but Jorge Ramos plays aggressive. You know, to his credit, he he handled it gracefully. So that was my most recent experience on Key Biscayne to, to circle back. Uh, I did not realize at the time that I was so close to one of my all-time favorites, Gabby Sabatini, I guess. Maybe she doesn't even live there anymore since it's up for uh, it's up for sale. But that is a beautiful place in on the earth. Yeah, sure, sure. She's uh, had a good run there, I bet. So uh, another piece of news: uh, NASA talked about uh, one of the astronauts is going to try to play a game of tennis in space. Did you see this? What uh, what a feat! What a feat! Yes, he's really into tennis. This isn't like uh, uh, our tax dollars are not being used for this. This, uh, uh, even if they were, isn't like play? the idea of playing sports in zero gravity worth exploring? Right. My right. tax dollars are doing all sorts of dumb shit with this clown in, in the office. Why, why not pay for international space tennis? <laughs> all right, comrade. Um, I think. <laughs> I think. Um, but I was thinking, who who would be the best professional player uh, to play in space? Like who would, who's like most suited to space play? Okay, there's two ways to take this. Number one is who is like the finest physical specimen. I would argue, given uh, his extreme dedication to meditation, uh, apparently there's pictures of him doing yoga on his private jet. Wow. Uh, I am talking about Novak Djokovic. Uh huh. He feels bendy. He feels like you know he's optimized in some way. Right. Could be you know like he's got zero fat. I feel like space, you know, would would be a he he would thrive in any environment. He's he's basically like biohacked himself into perfect shape. So that's one way you could take it, or you could be like, who would be fun? Right, right. I think Boris Becker would be fun. Boris Becker would be really fun. Although it would probably take and this, he needs the money. I think zero gravity would be most harsh on the server volley game, though. 
I think it'd be, you know. Yeah, right. Wait. Well, then why don't we say some of the super fun, like Zena Garrison. She's fun. It's to- totally fun. How about uh, Fabrice Santoro? Super fun. Love it. Kind yeah. of slight. He doesn't even hit a slice forehand, that guy. He, he does two hands off both sides, slice forehand. Pretty amazing. Like every I mean, shot Marianne looks Bartoli, like a trick shot. She'd be a good. I mean, Marian Bartoli is a certified genius. She could talk astrophysic while she's playing tennis with you. A certified like they certify genius. Like her, like her IQ is genius level. I mean, listen, the Carl Bialics of the world who nitpick our show. Are they going to say Caitlin is where's the certification? Probably, and I won't be able to provide it. But I have read in places that she is by Mensa standards. A genius. So if anybody can understand the physics of playing tennis in in space while also doing it, mm-hmm. Marion Baitoli. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Lots of options. Let's get her up there, up to the space station. <laughs> 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 Come on, let's do it. Uh, I, let's I, get her up there. Okay, great. I'll send it. I'll compose some tweets. Okay, great. Uh, get that mm-hmm. going. Uh, yep. Last thing, and this is super small. Uh, I just, it's a good image, which is that uh, Pharrell Williams and Stan Smith are designing shoes together. Come on, man. Where have you been? Where have I been? This is. Yeah, everybody knew that. Everybody knew that. Didn't right. you see, the, see the Who's that came out over the summer? No. Oh, no. man. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. No, they're very cool. As a matter of fact, Racket Magazine on our Instagram posted a picture of Stan Smith and Pharrell at, in the box together, shaking oh, hands. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It's a great combo yeah, I mean, of people. Yeah, I think it's a great combo. Yeah. Old school, new school, classic look, remixed look. Yep. Blend them together. They're a, they're a handsome shoe. I feel like I see them a lot on French people, which is a great sign. <laughs> right, right. What did you think about the whole Pharrell line for Adidas? Some people said McDonald's server. Okay. Uh, just because the sort of primary colors, uh, sophisticates went in more of like a Mondrian direction. Did you have one sort of opinion of the other? Uh, I was into it. I liked it. I liked it. I like when they kind of went bold. So that is wins points for me. Yes. I, I mean, I don't know. Like it felt very seventies to me in a good way. I was into it. Yeah. The it. high socks. Yep. Yep. Super into it. I have some fun, random, uh, feedback. One of which is, um, Terry Cote, our friend in the North, who has made, uh, we've referred to in a couple podcast episodes, contacted me earlier today to ask me if I'd heard of Tony Nadal's teaching method. And I thought maybe it was like a setup for a joke, you know, <laughs> right? like the punchline is some sort of like cruise line. Haha. But no, uh, Tony Nadal uh, has a tennis academy. Not surprisingly. I mean, Rafa Nadal has that huge facility in Mallorca. Tony Nadal has a tennis online school. Uh, called Tony Nadal's World Mastery. Basically, it's in Spanglish, kind of. You would be having one full year of structured classes that would last you for your life. Then imagine all the resources that would be giving you. So, like, unclear kind of what this is, but I'm gathering it's some sort of, like, virtual reality online training system that Tony Nadal has decided will be his next venture now that he's not going to be accompanying Rafa on the tour. How do you how do you feel about this? I don't know if you ever had any strong Tony Nadal feelings. Uncle but, Tony. You know. I mean, he always seemed like a pretty uh, pretty chill guy for like. I mean, he's kind of like a de facto tennis parent, right? Um, he seemed pretty chill. Um, I think the idea of having a tennis uncle, just first of all, is pretty smart. Yes. Yes. Definitely. It's like a family member, so like you trust him to keep your kid out of trouble. 
but like it doesn't have the sort of like you know Freudian. It's not as charged for sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, you could you could sign up for this. I'm not sure what it looks like online other than the the WhatsApp messages that Terry screen grabbed and sent to me. Apparently, all of this is happening over WhatsApp, which makes me a little dubious. I thought you were gonna say that Uncle Tony, like you got to be part of like a WhatsApp just, group with Uncle Tony, <laughs> just like a group text. <laughs> right. He like sent pictures of Ferraris and stuff. <laughs> Have, have you ever learned anything from like tennis instructional videos? Oh, good question. When uh-huh. I was a kid, uh, leading to my own um, terribly disastrous and um, long resonating uh, family dispute, my grandfather, who was a real SOB, made me watch the Nick Boliteri video attack. <laughs> Did I have an exclamation like, point? <laughs> yes, obviously, which is why I tried to say it that way. Attack. And it was, I think, one of Andre Agassi's first video appearances. Wow. And basically, this tape was mandatory viewing for me on a daily basis when my grandfather, I think, figured out that I was pretty good at tennis and that this would be, I don't know, his ticket or what. I don't know what his approach to, to me was. And he thought just like total domineering um, you know, aggression would, would really get it done. He had also successfully coached another athlete. My uncle um, made it to AAA – baseball um wow. and was a pitcher in the angel system so like clearly a good athlete my grandpa installed a pitching mound in the front of their um in front of their house and like eh, i'm pretty sure there was like some sort of you know hoosiers ask like abuse or certainly like some pretty gnarly shit went down uh in a way that nobody has ever really re-explored so i think you know my uncle did not in fact make it he had an injury that took him out of uh, contention my my mother was a symphonic viola player who kind of never quite you know stood in the star sorry this is like you're i'm like dredging up some serious Uh, yeah no keep going i mean (laughs) nick balasari thanks a lot i just put Um, put on a white noise machine keep going this is amazing (laughs) yeah i hope are you billing me by the hour for this (laughs) no so like my grandfather tried to like turn all these uh his two kids into like prodigies of of sports and music respectively and then when i showed some ability at tennis he was like oh well you know we're, we're just gonna make you attack and you know my personality isn't really that way, although I'm an like sort of aggressive player, but I'm more of like sort of a shot maker, I like to think of myself. Looking back at it now, it's just insane because basically he was just trying to get me to hit the ball as humanly hard as possible, right. which at like, you know, 79 pounds soaking wet and, you know, 411 was just kind of maybe the wrong approach. Philippusis, basically. That was like his, <laughs> that's what he was going for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so it, did, it didn't work out well for me. So I've sort of looked on with derision whenever, you know, some of these athletes, I think it's at some point Serena Williams, she was part of some sort of online coaching thing where like you could buy individual sort of packages with famous athletes, gave you the experience of one-on-one, but it all seems so stupid. I don't know. I mean, is, does anybody like these things? Does anybody get anything out of them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you, YouTube is like covered with things where where like you get to watch like a half lesson and then you can buy more online lessons. I just can't can't imagine kind of learning that way. You know what I mean? Like you'd have to watch it and then go out to the court and implement what you saw in a video. It's just I don't know. Maybe more talented people can do that, but it's kind of hard to imagine. Well, Tony Nadal's course is one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Wow. Jesus. So like you better be getting something out of it. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah. It, is it on clay? It, I mean, it better be. It better, it better be only on clay. Red I don't clay. know. I kind of feel like if I'm spending a couple thousand bucks, like, I don't know. I want to 
plane ticket to Mallorca, right? <laughs> right, right. So like, if, so wait, just to back up to your childhood pain, what, <laughs> why? Great, great, great. Why did it kill it for you? Like, why didn't your grandfather's, like, the pressure of that kill tennis for you? Because uh, I had such limited exposure to him. I was only sort of shunted over to um, Phoenix, Arizona, where okay. they lived. My grandparents lived and my uncle lived. And my mom now lives there. Uh-huh. Um, like half the year when she's not living in like Mexico, uh, because I had a, like a limited amount of time. Like my parents would go on tour with the symphony and then they would like kind of fly me over there. And then I would get subjected to this like very intense sort of like military style training <laughs> that was like not really effective, but whatever. <laughs> and then I'd come back and I'd sort of just like goof around. But I mean, you know, maybe, maybe I would have been a better tennis player had it, had it stuck. Maybe I would have quit had I been more exposed to it. I'm not sure. But I feel like for me, both the upside and the downside of like my whole experience with tennis is that it's very, very much based on my own interest. And I think like when I'm not interested or when I don't feel particularly motivated, like with a coach or with a situation that sucks, like in college, I was just like, fuck this. Um, <laughs> right. at, your physical, at your physical peak, you were like, eh, I don't need it. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't think anybody would accuse me of, um, you know, having a, 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 an overly dedicated approach to the game. It's more about the enjoyment. Like I only play if I enjoy it really. And I, I happen to enjoy it a lot. So I play a lot, but you know, the second it gets not fun or, or super, super intense, uh, is like, I have no qualms about walking away whatsoever. And that was certainly, you know, my experience then. And, and then also in college, like I didn't play for like six years after I graduated, I left my racket, my shoes, all my stuff on the court at the big 12 championship in college station, Texas after my last match. Wow. Man, that is dark. This is some dark shit, Caitlin. Yeah, who knew this was going to be like a deep excavation? No, I mean, it's a testament to the fact that I really love tennis, that I've like, it's accompanied me in some dark stretches, and I don't... The, the game helped you overcome uh, your own family. It's amazing. Yeah, those fuckers. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who knew Tony Nadal was going um, to... I... I mean, the way that my conversation with Terry unfolded he said if it was like only a couple hundred dollars i would do this especially if you know included a signed poster and like a diploma to which i responded yes but you have to get one of those hats you know what i mean with the star like, on it yeah for sure yeah but then also <laughs> to which he responded lesson one you take the brim of the hat and you fold it in two because <laughs> he sort of famously has that like a pizza fold that in look. his hat brim yeah that and, and then I'm going to share this with you because you can't see it. Uh, a very, very hilarious picture of Andre Agassi with also a very badly folded hat next to Barbara Streisand. And like, let's just take a minute and remember that Andre Agassi dated Barbara Streisand. Wow. Married Brooke Shields. Later, Steffi Graf. I mean, this guy, he, he's he got broad taste. <laughs> a lot, lot, <laughs> lot of range for, for uh, Andre Agassi. Yeah. And sure. then the last thing I'll say, um, cause Thierry is also delightful to, um, tweet with in, if you haven't ever encountered him on, um, Twitter, T coat, C O T E T Cote, uh, is his Twitter handle. He said, finally, we need to find a way to introduce Sasha Zverev to Celine Dion to create this generation's May, December romance. <laughs> And anybody who knows me knows about my deep kinship with Celine Dion. So I was just delighted to both see that and to have um, a future topic. So anybody listening to this who wants to create the next um, May-December romance of tennis right. that could compete with a Babs-Andre sort of dynamic, uh, have at it because I want to hear your suggestions. I Which 
leads me nicely into the feedback we got for Project Voltron. Do you want to okay. explain for anybody who missed last week's episode what Project Voltron? You called it Project Voltron. Sure. Um, I, call, I called it Project Package Total, but I feel like Voltron really <laughs> encapsulated what we were going for. So this was uh, your idea, which is um, if you could uh, be your best self all over the court, uh, have your hit hit your best forehand, your best backhand, the best day you ever had with all of those shots. What would be your upper limit? I mean, it's basically a way of asking on your very best day when everything was clicking, who, how good would you be? And you were thinking maybe like a futures tournament win or two was what was like your upper bound. Yeah, I mean, at best, at best, at best. Yeah, and, and yours was I, a mid tier division three. No, no upper tier division three. Right. Well, I was thinking like basically it's like moving from the bottom to the middle of the ladder on my Division Three tennis team because basically the gulf between me and the top players was enormous that I would need to have my best day. I feel like every struggle – I mean, you know, I bet if you ask a pro tennis player, they would tell you like the difference between me and Roger Federer is like unfathomable. You know what I mean? I feel right. like everybody's dealing with their own personal El Wapos. To, uh, you know, paraphrase the three amigos, right? Exactly. Yep. Yep. And it's it's never a guy who wants to kill us, like the real El Wapo in that movie. It's it's things like this. It's, yep. you know, what are our own personal struggles? Yep. Okay. Every so single we one of really us is haunted, spot. basically. Horrible <laughs> <laughs> childhoods. Yep. And unrealized potential, basically. Uh, Ethan Lee, uh, one of our stalwart listeners, Theo Freedom on Twitter, says, um, in a surprise twist, my best shots relative to quote-unquote other people are actually pretty magical. I can pull off ludicrous Parian, and by, by this he means Benoit Pair, uh-huh. Parian half-volley drop shots at ungodly angles. Wow. 14 out of 10 would pay money for a highlight reel. Short, though, slow, old, we're all of his hashtags. So, you know, far, farcical or not, I feel like uh, I, I love a shot maker. Yeah, right. You know, this this thought experiment is designed to showcase the, the shot maker. Yep. The... And Benoit Pair is in a lot of people's minds, certainly mine, not only for his beard, but also for his shot making, a real a real dreamboat. Yeah. Yep. Totally. You love that beard. Okay. Huh. Cody Fitzpatrick and got into a huge, uh, actually, debate on our thread. Thanks for hijacking it, goofballs. Uh, basically, with his co-host, Cody Fitzpatrick, along with Jacob Barbro, uh, ho- host a, a tennis podcast. But these guys just basically talk to each other for the rest of the thread. Uh, he says, well, you'd never miss, which would be a huge, huge advantage. Taking only my best serves, I'd get a lot of free points against most players. And I'd put my very best forehand up against a pro's average one, which is pretty cocky, Cody. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. Right. My best backhand probably wouldn't bother a great player too much, though the problem would be the return and serve. Right. Right, exactly. Because you don't know what you're up about. Like, you don't know how you're going to react to 120 mile an hour serve with English on it, right? I mean, I've only seen one or two of those in my life, and I didn't react well. <laughs> right. I did. I've had that, and I didn't react at all. Yeah, so Jacob, his friend, says, I'd like to think that in Voltron tennis against non-Voltron opposition, which is, in fact, y- yes, the point, um, you get to be the star of this scenario, listener, not you know everybody else. Because right. otherwise, what are we, just like brains in jars playing uh, holographic representation? Jesus, I it's like I did drugs before this episode or something. I'm in a real bleak place, but I'm not actually. But right. I, <laughs> right. that, was a, that was a super weird example to reach for. <laughs> just off the top of my head. Jar, right. Brains in jars. I, so like imagine you're playing in the inky abyss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, go on. Uh, 
Uh, I'd like to think that in Voltron tennis against non-Voltron opposition, I'd be around top 100 in juniors, perhaps an ATP point or two. Jacob, I feel like that's pretty standard. Mark Lawson says, I would be a junior Wimbledon runner-up who now only plays the IPTL, the Indian Professional Tennis League, which, as we all know, is defunct. Well, at least momentarily defunct. Mara, kudos to you for the funniest scenario. Yeah, very specific. It's great. And lastly, Lemur at Lemur Fault says, seated at the Granby Quebec City Challenger, then inspired by my favorite podcast, DQ'd for Meldonium Doping. Quel dommage. <laughs> he had so much promise. So I feel like great answers, everyone. I feel like everyone really embraced the spirit of the thought experiment, which is let's all envision a world in which we are amazing. Yeah, right? definitely. I mean, and for you, you could add like your greatest, your best drug cocktail. Oh, yeah, I would do it all. I would do it all. Yep, all of the drug drugs. Cocktails, all <laughs> Every single one of them. Caitlin Thompson, all the drugs. All right, we've probably been uh, rambling on for a minute. Should yes. we um, Should we close this episode, perhaps? I do envision doing another episode before the end of the year. I mean, I'm, I'm up for it if you are. Yeah, yeah, although it is holiday time. So best to get this out of the way now, just in case. Just in case. Should we do some um, resolutions for next year? Yes. I feel yes. like everyone does predictions. That's not really our thing. Right. What do we know? I don't. I barely get the facts right. As you can see, I'm still a little butthurt about it. I'm getting over it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, essentially, you know, we should make some resolutions. What do we want to do better? What do we want to uh, uh, think about or be more mindful of? What you know? What do we want to make the the main draw about for the next year? So I'll, uh, let's start with you because mine is really silly and okay. I kind of feel dumb saying it. And this is podcast specific, right? More or less. I mean, let's try to keep it podcast specific. Although, sure. if anybody has any broader resolutions, <laughs> yeah, you know, right, make right. sure to talk to each other in our DMs, but not talk to us. Right. I can't wait to hear how dark your resolutions are today. Like, but uh, for, first <laughs> shock off, therapy. shock therapy, shock therapy, shock therapy. I think uh, <laughs> I think I I, I want to do, and we've talked about this like a lot of interviews this coming year. Like yes, that is yes. a great idea. Yes. Um, you, can I can I make a suggestion? Sure. sure. Let's start with Carl. Okay. Yeah. I just spoke to him. He's a New Yorker. He like he welcomed me uh, into the one-handed backhand club. He's got this great podcast that he loves. Mm -hmm. He's super thoughtful. I mean, we might have to be serious with him because he's really serious. Right. Right. <laughs> he's a thoughtful, responsible journalist is sort of what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Yep. I think we're up for it. Yes, I think we're up for it. definitely. Um, so yeah, a lot more interviews. Agreed. Um, and I want to get some of the fantastic people we have writing for Racket Magazine, including my friend Claire Suddeth, who I spoke about on the 30 Love podcast, who wrote a story about the super seniors, like the 70s and 80s and 90-year-olds who compete internationally. Um, she's awesome. She's a she's Rachel Syme, who I haven't spoken about at all because I'm kind of waiting for Long Reads to publish her story, which is about scent and Whoa. memory. Uh-huh latest episode uh the latest uh, issue it's so 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 good it's about like wistfulness and what we're trying to capture with with perfumes and and why tennis is such a sort of vivid inspiration for sense wow i could go on yeah this sounds great okay sounds so great. mine is i resolve to try to stop breathing heavily okay <laughs> mine is i have one extra one which is i'm gonna try to watch as many curious matches as i can and i think to talk about that we should have uh yuri nathan on uh, oh person, yeah who writes Yuri about Nathan, it we a have lot. to get him for sure for sure because i think like we are like headed towards a great narrative where he wins a slam at some point uh, yeah and i think and we're gonna uh, want to be on fun. record having discussed him exactly a lot yes. yeah i'm excited for him. i think he uh unlike 
you know, I think Dominic Team is going to win a slam. I think Zverev is going to win a slam. But I'm really pumped for Kyrgios to do it because I think he's the most talented out of all of them. And Absolutely. I think he, he has this sort of like unpredictable game that could like just get it done in two weeks. Whereas like, you know, expectations on those other guys have, have I don't know, have seemed to have weighed a little bit heavily on them, you know? Definitely. And I mean, I like, like, I wonder if like, you know, like saying at a press conference, like, I don't really like the game that much. I don't love it. Like, I just like, I love the idea of like hearing that and then like smash cut to the montage of him <laughs> just beating the shit of Zverev in the final because he's <laughs> so good. Like, I can yeah. see, see it all. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay. okay. Well, that's a, those are two very good resolutions that I think we can do. I don't know how I'm going to stop nose breathing. I guess I need a different mic setup. Sorry, everyone. I just, my nose is big and breathe breathes breathe loud Ugh, getting dark again caitlin okay all right well <laughs> okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go uh wait my house coat with stones and walk into a river okay all right that sounds great <laughs> goodbye <laughs> goodbye <laughs> yeah look out east river